0: Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Forth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive a complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call, 513-575-9654. If you're seeking advice on old 401k, 403b, some type of employer-sponsored plan, or even still, an NUA analysis before you make that perhaps fateful IRA rollover decision. All of those we can help, give us a call, 513-575-9654. Kind of works like this. If you're no longer at the company, then as a rule, your money shouldn't be there either. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, today
1: we're going to tackle a topic called Conversion
0: Strategies
1: to Consider. Now, understanding that there are different tax strategies that you can take advantage of that uh, will help you with, well, in today's market, between the way investments are, tax code, the structure of taxation, tax brackets, and um, looking forward into your retirement, how you'll take your retirement savings and investments and use them in the best way on a tax-efficient net-net basis to satisfy your cash flow. You know, many people believe that uh, uh, the very common myth that's out there, even a misconception, it can play a major role in your retirement. Be careful what you believe. Be careful who you listen to and why. The myths in this case, it deals with an IRA. You know, an IRA or a pre-tax company plan, like a 401k that eventually becomes an IRA when you roll it over. It's all pre-tax, never been taxed before money. Okay, now the 401k has been quite... Uh, advantageous and convenient as they've been made available through employers and you know them as not only 401ks but for uh, tax well tax exempt organizations uh, like schools and you know hospitals, healthcare care, 403 B's okay so 401k or 403b. Let's say you have an account balance in an IRA. Um, let's say you've rolled over your 401k 403b and you're sitting out there pre-retirement heading into retirement in an IRA. Or you're still maintaining a traditional 401k, all these pre-tax monies. In this case, an example of 500000 or maybe a million. As you're working and you continue to pump those monies into via contributions and matching into that account, you're, you're, you're starting to think about that nest egg as a whole number, as a big one single number, in ways that you might be able to begin to use it in your retirement. So if that big number is 500000 or again a million dollars, there's your nest egg. You want to use it for retirement. Well, whether it's going to be for income or to buy things, a second home, whatever it might be, you believe that account balance that you see on your statement, that's the amount of money that you'll be able to use in retirement, right? Well, unfortunately, it's not the case. And this is where the myth comes into play. Remember, those accounts are tax deferred accounts. You still have to pay income taxes on those monies once you draw it out. So let's say your balance, James, here is like $500,000. You have a combined federal and state and local tax liability. Say your tax liability is 25% to keep it simple. This means that you can use how much? 75% of your IRA or $375,000 of the $500,000. It's not all $500,000 yours. The other 25% or $125,000 not really being yours, it's uh, because it belongs to the taxing authorities. So, and these tax deferred savings vehicles Well, they've become the forefront, the primary, the pedestal, uh, the pivot of retirement plans for today. So not to say they're bad because they're a great vehicle to help you build that nest egg for retirement. But maybe there are some different strategies that can help your money work more tax efficiently for you in retirement. So today we will discuss various conversion strategies where you can convert in part or in total your tax deferred assets. To assets with tax-free growth. There are some pros to doing this as well as some cons, so we want to make sure you understand both before deciding
0: if this is something that uh, may benefit you. All right, now here's some thought-provoking questions to tie into today's show. So for starters, what exactly is a Roth conversion strategy and how could it at least potentially benefit me or the collective we in retirement? Now, going back to what it is or how it could work and maybe how it could benefit you. So the Roth conversion strategy is not simply let's just take your entire IRA and convert it to a Roth because, well, what's that going to do to your tax rate, your tax brackets? If you do it all, it's like how how do you swallow a camel (laughs) one bite at a time? That's kind of the whole point about a Roth conversion strategy. So the next one, what should we expect future income tax rates to be? I know this seems like a rhetorical question when you say, well, are they gonna be lower in the future? Very unlikely, but it's still a, so you're saying there's a chance, all right? What is the great American savings myth? How can conversion strategies help with recent legislation and also rooming tax increases that have been put into place? How does an index universal life insurance policy work? And just to set the stage for acronyms here, when we say IUL, IUL stands for Indexed Universal Life. What are some of the downsides of converting money from the traditional IRAs or to Roth IRAs or possibly even the IUL? Are there certain strategies that should be considered when we're in some type of a market downturn, which is kind of what we've had so far this year, or perhaps even a full-on bear market? How do conversion strategies affect spouses and also potentially the beneficiaries? Now, the last one seems like a rhetorical question. Who should I speak to, a financial advisor or tax advisor, when deciding if a conversion strategy is right for us? Greg, how about that last one?
1: I think you ought to come see us because we're filled with ideas on how to handle every situation as uniquely as it actually is. And then the backdrop of all things financial, we do investments, insurance, tax advisory, tax prep, estate planning, income planning, will help you with Social Security maximization, pension maximization. Those decisions surrounding pensions, take some as a monthly payment, take some as a lump sum, take all as a lump sum and make your own systematic payments, you know, your own self-funded pension by investing it. Um, you know you can, you can invest uh, the difference between a single pay and a joint pay. If you take the single pay at the higher amount, you can invest the difference in insurance as a death benefit. You, you've heard many of these things. And maybe some of these strategies you're familiar with, but how do you assess them, project them, put your, sh- your foot in that shoe and see if it's walkable and if the plan is workable? We can help with all of those things. We'll take your investments as they stand, your version of your plan, all things considered. We'll analyze those investments. We'll look for hidden spreads, fees, margins, loads and expenses. We'll see if you have redundancy in positions that are inefficient. We'll verify that the current risk you're taking is actually the risk you can actually tolerate through all seasons of investing. We'll make sure that the investment dollars are broken into buckets with a purpose, with a job description, that they actually align with your intended purpose and your preferred outcome. We'll look for legacy aspects. When you're done with your money, what happens next? Is your number one beneficiary named Sam, as in Uncle Sam? Uh, Very well can be. We see it happen day in, day out. We want you to succeed on purpose. And to do that, you need every tool with an unbiased approach with someone who works for you in your corner. That's a fiduciary to put your interest first in every situation and to remove conflict from the equation. And uh, I guess I'm saying that's us, James, that's us. It's main street with main street, helping you all, we all us on the same side of the table. So it doesn't Don't.
0: have to be either, or it can be both. It could be both a financial advisor and a tax advisor, all in the same company, all at the same place. That's Brown Financial Advisors. You bet. Call us so we can help, 513-575-9654. Well, James, when you talked about tax
1: rates, is the future going to be higher or lower? You know, I just got to thinking, well, as it's, it's unfortunate as it seems, you look at, say, Democrats and Republicans and how they differ on how they embrace and engage tax policies. And I find generally that Republicans or conservatives lay out a tax uh, change in code, if you will, by policy, that's more favorable to all taxpayers. It has a little something of an incentive and a relief and a help and a hand up uh, for every taxpayer in each bracket, typically now. Now, conversely, almost always, democratic proposals and taxation seem to, to differentiate uh, wealthy versus less than wealthy, and they always determine and dictate the terms, conditions of what wealth is measured by. Current administration keeps floating tax proposals that seem to seem to embrace some campaign promise that was uh, 400,000 above will be affected, afflicted, and those below will be left pretty much uh, as they were. That's just not true. But just think about what it really is. What percentage of taxpayers actually pay the tax bill? We heard 57% of taxpayers don't actually pay taxes wow that was a news that was a new survey that means 40 what three percent pay all of it now you break that down into what percentage pays the most like 90 percent of that is by the one to five percent so no wonder they stratify tax code to to disenfranchise certain voters of income because the lion's share headcount households of actual voters that fall in the other category they seem to preserve is nothing more than a political ploy to gain votes So it is hard to predict the future of tax code because you don't know who's running for what and who's going to succeed. Who's going to be in charge. Federal, yes, and national level. But we are here to be your tour guide to get you through any and all those conditions. When we say conditions, that's what we're here for. All
0: politics aside, you succeed on purpose, not happenstance, with us and you working together. All right. Again, our phone number, 513-575-9654. Stay tuned listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted.
1: Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment
0: Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth. And we are an independent registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients, not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Our website, com, email team at com, and our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, continuing conversion strategies to consider
1: because understanding different tax strategies can help you take advantage of what's best for you down the road. Now, with this topic, um, it's just there's no pre-retiree or retiree that should take this subject lightly, just to emphasize it, it revolves around taxes and taxes are a way that if you're not careful, um, even inflation being kind of an invisible tax, but you feel it, actual taxes all reduce the spendability and availability on a net net basis of money you have to support yourself month after month throughout retirement. There's an old saying, it mentions only two certainties, certainties in life. You've heard this many times, death and taxes, right? Just maybe not in that order. Well, people are living longer today longer than ever. And so there's little light, just little light. I don't think it's all that funny, actually, because we know taxes can affect retirement. And your only solution for it is to have enough money to, to last a lifetime, support you through a lifetime, not have your, um, you know, you outlive your money, make sure your money outlives you, uh, or die on time. What kind of options are those? But The other certainty here you know, between these two, back on taxes, it's something we all have to deal with throughout the entirety of our life. We all have to pay our fair share of taxes throughout life, but we do have some positive news for you right now. If you're retired or thinking about retiring the next five to 10 years, there are several strategies that you can utilize to help you mitigate, reduce, manage, uh, limit, captivate, capture, whatever, uh, incarcerate some of the taxes you could potentially be paying in the future.
0: James? Well, just a reminder here that these conversion strategies that we're going to be discussing are not quite for everyone. Now, yes, in general, most people could benefit from a Roth conversion, but at the same time, whose taxes are you going to be paying or prepaying? Is it for your benefit or is it maybe for the beneficiary's benefit? A lot of times what we hear from our clients is that they're wanting to prepay taxes via a Roth conversion for their beneficiaries. And at times we do kind of have to rein them back in and say, well, you know, before you decide to do that, which is a, you know, it's a great thing to do, by the way, but at the same time, whose retirement comes first, your retirement comes first, you have to plan for your retirement, you and you know, the collective view at this time might be just you individually it might be you the husband, wife, team, spouse, whatever the case may be, that's whose retirement plan must come first. That means before you make that decision to convert to a Roth, what does it cost you not only in taxes, but what could it potentially cost you in Medicare premium increases? That's one of those little hidden landmines for people typically age 65 plus is that if your income gets too high, then the government has someone named Irma waiting for you to double, perhaps even triple your Medicare Part B and Medicare Part D premiums. So something to keep in mind is that not only the direct taxation, but also the indirect taxation via increased in Medicare premiums could be waiting for you on the Roth conversion. So that's why we say it's not maybe for everyone, but it is something still to be taken into consideration. And that's true. When you come in, we will take exactly
1: that in consideration. We'll do a five, 10 year, whatever period of time Roth conversion illustration that will take you uh, from where you are at your tax bracket or, our total tax liability up to the next bracket. If you like to go to the next one after that, you know some people are in the 22 percent, and uh, they think, well, if you take me up to the full 22 percent bracket with all the income I can take in without going to the next bracket, oh, but wait, the next bracket's currently 24; it's just two percent more. Well, show me an illustration, that takes me through that too. But but wait, slow down, as James is saying, we need to take a holistic approach and not just see what income we add related to brackets, related to taxes you are willing to pay to liberate more of your money from tax deferred to tax free, we have to assess from a cash flow standpoint, your monthly Medicare premium. If it if it doubles or triples, as he says, by the impact of IRMA, hello, IRMA. Um, if you're listening,
0: stay away, right? Now, if you don't know who or what IRMA is, it stands for Income Related Medicare Adjustment Amount. That's, that's IRMA for you. It. It means that if your income spikes above a certain level, currently that is 91000 if you're filing single, head of household, or separately, and double that for people filing jointly. But there's a little bit more to it than just simply that. And remember this, if you're both on the same ticket, married filing jointly, then those Medicare premium increases are times two. Both the husband and the wife could be penalized both for the Part B premiums and the Part D premiums.
1: This could get expensive. Yeah. So be careful. As, as usual. It's all about the total cost of an action or it, what you do. It's similar to uh, fees. We hear all the time these, these major brokerage firms that uh, advertise, and you hear as cliche Lee say, you know, those that have football stadiums and, and named after them and run Super Bowl commercials, all those firms, those banks, those brokerage firms, those elitists, if you will, well, they can loss lead their fee and then gouge you. And the funds and investments they utilize. We don't do that. So if, if you're if you're fee shopping, and let's say our fees at or even slightly higher than something that's been loss-led by a brokerage firm, don't be fooled. Total cost of ownership, we're going to come in competitively at or below and provide you with all the resources you actually do need, not just one trick pony stuff, a holistic kind of like the Mayo Clinic of Financial Services. So with this Roth conversion, same thing. We got to consider. The total cost of the transition or transaction in liberating your money and setting it free. All right, Greg, what's next? Well, let's see. Uh, I suppose conversion strategies themselves, you know, you kind of talked about the Roth conversion, but it's mentioned earlier. Qualified account balances such as an IRA, 401k or company plan through work, they can be a little deceiving. What you see may not be what you can actually get net of tax. So you're likely pumping money into these accounts each and every year, you know, while working contributions matching. You see the statements to show the balance. They're continuing to grow, hopefully. And over time, they will. You can trust capital markets over long periods of time, three, five, seven, ten years, rest of your forever. Don't get caught up in the three days, three months, three years um, that can throw an investor under the bus of getting reactionary, emotional Uh, Don't have an emotional relationship with your money. Keep it fact-based and focused and long-term objective will will be the difference. But anyway, over a 20 to 30-year span of doing this kind of contribution matching thing into employer-sponsored plans, the growth is probably going to be pretty significant. And eventually, you'll get to the point where you feel comfortable enough to pull the trigger on retirement with a nest egg like that that you've built. Why not, right? But do not let that number fool you that you see on the statements. These are tax deferred accounts, so you don't pay taxes until you start drawing the money out of them. Once you start drawing the money from these qualified accounts, typically after age 59 and a half, so you avoid early distribution penalties, um, which, you know, you pay taxes plus a 10% penalty, few exclusions apply, but such as also the age 72, you know, if you're not drawing it out because You don't need it, um, say, at age 60, and you're able to retire uh, off of other sources of income. You don't have a real need for drawing these deferred accounts. Well, good. That's very good for you. So, unfortunately, at age 72, you've got this thing. It used to be age 71 and a half, but um, it's now age 72 required minimum distribution, the minimum amount you must take from a qualified account each year based on the balance of the end of year prior. This amount of money, whether you need it or not, you have to take, pay taxes on it, And uh, kind of buy out Uncle Sam as you go. Well, it's typically required to begin taking this minimum distribution so that you pay the taxes on this money that's just not been taxed yet, right? Uncle Sam's tired of waiting for his money. So you may be asking yourself, is there a way to reduce the amount of taxes paid throughout your retirement? And the simple answer is yes. There are a few strategies you can use to help lessen the tax liability throughout your retirement years. And we want to briefly touch on uh, two of these. James has kind of touched on Roth and some of the total cost considerations there, but there's some more details to throw in. Oh, yes.
0: When you're looking at the details of what to convert, how much to convert, and you're looking at maybe how to maximize your tax bracket, here's what that means. If you're going to be overall in a 12% tax bracket, you should know in advance what the upper limits of that tax bracket happens to be. If you're in a 22% tax rate or 24 or 28% tax bracket, again, What are the upper limits of those brackets? How can you maximize or fill up those brackets without going over so that you stay within a defined cost of what the conversion is going to be? You know, that's where we come in also as well is with the tax planning of how does this impact when you start doing this over a one, three, five, or even 10-year time frame how much you should maybe convert in any one given year. That's part of the equation. The other part goes into Social Security, not only the direct taxation on your on your benefit, but also the indirect taxation. And we mentioned before about the Medicare premiums. So those are those are all part of like the the math equation that goes into trying to figure out what's the best way or the best amount, perhaps, to convert in any one given year. There's more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us so we can help. Stay tuned to listening to The Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The talk station. Welcome back to The Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Warden. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. And it does really all start with the plan That means having a plan, knowing what you own, why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, investment planning, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning, social security maximization, Roth conversion analysis like we're talking about today, the NUA analysis, and for some, even perhaps an in-service rollover, all those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester and Florence, y'all. Well, James,
1: just as a reminder for folks out there that are transitioning in their employment or career path and you have a 401k or 403b or some type of deferred uh, company plan um, to roll over, do not immediately roll it over into your next employer's 401k or tax deferred plan, Please. Contact us, gain control, privatize your private investment plan today. Come see us for a holistic plan. It'll be complimentary. That means no cost. We'll assess where you are. We'll put together a projection, a plan. We'll do all the analysis and share with you and we'll provide all the recommendations at no cost. We'll present to you what we think you should do and how you should do it and and ask you to consider working with us as we'll work for you and with you for many years to come. And with that, Good set of information. You know, with good information, people make good decisions. You'll be empowered to determine if it's a yes or a no, or maybe a, a not right now. All of that's fine. But no, there's no meter running. You invest a little time in us, we'll invest a lot of time and resources in you to get to that point. Full disclosure, transparency. You'll know all the costs, anything involved, and you'll know exactly your part, our part, and our success uh, as we project that together. But you might also be considering. Are you facing a pension decision or a company buyout? Uh, What are you looking at? What is staring you in the the face? We will help you with those financial decisions. Don't go it alone. Many of these financial decisions are one-off, once-in-a-lifetime events. Probably, if not ever repeated, not more than one more time in the rest of your career. Get it right. Get it right this time. Give us a call, 513-575-9654. Five seven five nine six five four emails team at brown and we hope to see you soon. James, you mentioned um, as we go through additional strategies, IUL, which just you know, acronym city here, but index universal life strategy. This is just another strategy. There's really two in terms of tackling tax. You can tackle tax as a living benefit, such as this first example, or you can do it as a death or legacy benefit, which will be a secondary example. But in this example, index Universal Life Insurance, also referred as IUL, it's another strategy to help potentially save on taxes throughout your retirement years. Now, like any type of life insurance, you should have a suitable need for the death benefit, an insurable interest, uh, which I believe you have in yourself and your loved ones, right? And an IUL, well, it can provide an income tax-free payout to beneficiaries upon death, of you the insured just like any death benefit life insurance pays when someone dies and it pays tax-free same story there however the difference in iul compared to term life or other forms of permanent life insurance is they're designed to build if designed properly and uniquely to stack up a bunch of cash value as time goes on as premiums are paid so much splinters off to pay the death benefit the balance is intentionally overpaid to build a large cash value inside that instrument that then has interest credits paid as an investment, if you will, where interest credits are paid on the cash value as it grows linked to the stock market index or indices. It could be Dow, S&P 500, NASDAQ, all the above. You get participation in the upside of those indices with none of the downside. So although it, it sounds like um, a security, this is not a security. It's not, an equity. It's not a stock. It's not a bond. It's a unique way to, on a fully insured basis, linked to the performance of separate indices to get the upside with no the downside. Now, this cash value is not directly invested in the market or an index either. Again, it's, it's held in account and interest credits are applied as they reflect the performance of a separate index, the performance of a market without being in the market. Very interesting. The index is just a measuring device, if you will, again, to determine the amount of interest credit that's going to be the rate that's paid on the cash value of your account as it grows over a long period of time. Up until from the time you develop the strategy to the time you begin utilizing the strategy later in life. So now we want to go over a few of the pros and cons of the potential use of this. Uh, But keep in mind, you're going to be able to use this cash value in a unique way as we kind of swim through this example. Pro, growth potential. One of the most significant advantages of an IUL is the potential for healthy gains in the cash value, healthy and safe gains. Safe, safety always with insurance is based on the claims paying ability of the insurance company, of course, but they have a long track record of being very healthy and helpful in this particular area. Now, the policies have more cash value growth potential than other life insurance products, certainly more so than universal life or whole life. Of course, term life has no cash value. You build no value. You've outlived the term. It's gone. You paid all that money month after month, year after year for no reason. Sorry, you didn't die on time, right? But they can be purposeful. Not this. Totally different animal. Policyholders in this case, get the benefit of the crediting floor, typically 0 or 1%, so the cash value is protected against loss due to any market performing poorly, meaning like there wasn't a good market out there to link to to make anything, so they minimally guarantee you something anyway on top of your cash value. Uh, James, some some other advantages.
0: Well, another advantage is the tax advantage. Major advantage here on taxes because cash value in an IUL accumulates not only tax-deferred, but the death benefit, as we mentioned before, is tax-free to your beneficiaries. Now, you can also draw monies from these policies in the form of a loan. Now, where that comes into play is this is where the concept of a tax for retirement is applicable. Yeah, this is where the cash flow comes from this instrument. In retirement, so the loans. Notice, I didn't say the word income when I talked about taking monies from the policies, because policy loans are not, at least according to the government, considered as income. That means it doesn't show up on your tax return. That's how such a benefit to you during retirement. That's how you can actually generate really a tax-free retirement. Now, it is important to note this might be one of those cons that policy loans and withdrawals will reduce the available cash value and death benefit. And that could potentially cause the policy to lapse or affect guarantees against lapse. So you do want to be cautious about how much you take out when you take that out. But again, that's part of the planning process of doing these IULs.
1: Yes. We illustrate those carefully and conservatively to avoid that kind of outcome. But that's just one of those warnings. That's it's compliant to throw in there for you to be aware that a lapse could occur. If it's mishandled, we will not be mishandling it. And, um, Of course, this whole concept, you notice how James emphasized he didn't say income and and I said cash flow. This retirement's about cash flow. And this is another way for you to create a bucket of money, grow a bucket of money, access that bucket of money as cash flow on a tax-free basis. And what's cool is uh, whatever's left in the bucket when you kick one still goes as a tax-free death benefit to your beneficiaries and heirs. So there's a little bit of tax Goodies to go around to, for everyone. Um, I mentioned the, the alternative is before we go into some additional benefits of whether it's a second to die policy or this type of index universal life for cash flow, uh, cash creation based on cash values, but overfunding the premium, et cetera, as we just described, uh, is keep this in mind. These same types of vehicles can be used to not have a buildup of cash value, have a buildup of death benefit be used on a second-to-die basis for legacy, not living benefit, not retirement benefit, but but legacy benefit. Because we know your tax-deferred resources might leave a pretty darn big tax bill in the end that people inheriting your money from IRAs will have a huge amount of income reflected on top of their other income. It might be some of their best career path, earning potential years as empty nesters, saving more than they ever had, lower expenses than they ever had. And, and here they get all this money from you that's never been taxed. Boom, highest tax bracket. So an alternative is to use the second to die where you get it on you and your significant other. And then when you both pass, this pays a death benefit into the estate that can offset or pay or eliminate all the taxes of your tax-deferred accounts that are taxable, leaving your estate and all your parting gifts and prizes going to the family and the people you intended. But other benefits of these, James, of just these policies, index universal life, would be what?
0: Well, big one is the long-term care benefit or potential long-term care benefit. This is true not only with the IULs, but other life insurance as well, is that you can attach a long-term care benefit, and that's going to help pay for a potential long-term care stay. Now, I said potentially because not everyone's going to go into a nursing home. It just maybe seems like it, but the odds are about 50-50 that as someone ages into retirement, that eventually they will need some type of a nursing home or long-term care stay. Yes, much friendlier underwriting than actual traditional long-term care And that's the entire point of all this, is that many people cannot qualify for a long-term care insurance policy, and this isn't a replacement in some ways for a traditional long-term care insurance policy. It's a hybrid approach. It's an asset-based policy approach that says, I'm going to use this asset in one way or the other, and the long-term care insurance also is kind of a use-it or lose-it proposition. So... It's not exactly a replacement for long term care insurance, but it's a very effective planning tool that can help people to cover what could otherwise be a major hole in their retirement plan. Well, there's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the is 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. you listening to the Sound Mind Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisor 055 KRC, The Talk Station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show, Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borton. we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, conversion strategies to consider. We talked about the
1: pros of an index universal life, also known as IUL. We looked at it from two ways, the cash value buildup of using it for retirement purposes and be able to turn around and taking a, a tax exempt, you know, tax neutral, tax free withdrawals on an incremental basis, like monthly over your retirement time frame as additional tax free income. OK, so. Keep that in mind. That's a that's a strong benefit. Now, a con along the cons, you have limited gains, perhaps. I mean, you either do or you don't. Um, don't, This is just for compliance purposes, I'd say. Limited gains, unlike the equities or other investments that are directly tied to the stock market. I'd just like to stop there and say um, unlimited gains. No. Limited gains. Yes. But when you look at Eliminating the downside of a market um, investment like the IULs have, like fixed index annuities have, like fixed annuities have. There's no market um, direct participation in the market. So you eliminate the downside. So I always want to hit the pause button right there and ask myself, self, how much of the upside of market participation In form of interest credits in these types of products, how much of the upside of a market do I need without any of the downside to actually be as good as or better than full market participation with all the ups and downs? Okay. So now roll the tape. We go forward and say, okay, I don't, I don't know the future, so I can't answer that. But I can tell you historically, it's been a worthwhile investment to have a balanced investment strategy. And that's what we like to do for folks is have fully insured investments with guarantees of income to get the cash flow gap covered in your retirement. Social security plus these types of solutions equals a I know so retirement. And then all the rest of your money can be invested in adjusted risk appropriately, you know, to your risk tolerance. in market investments that can go up, down, sideways, but will grow and expand and build your wealth over time and remain liquid to you for different purposes. So... That all came from just these trigger words. Limited gains, as we're tracking the cons of an index universal life. IULs have a cap or max when it comes to gains inside your policy. So, although you cannot grow, go below the zero percent, okay, zeros uh, your hero, you can't go backwards. You'll have a maximum. For example, let's say of ten percent of the upside that you can make in a given year tied to an index. If the market were to take off and go up twenty percent, you'd get ten. If it went up twelve percent, you get ten. If it went down 20%, negative 20, you would get zero. But you see the power of it um, participating on the upside and eliminating the downside. So I don't know if I made that much of a con, actually. I think I made it a continuation of a, of a pro. Another con, risk factor. It's with many product links to equities. Products that are linked to equities and IUL is not free of risk. If the interest credited um, does not equal what the policies expected or shown in illustrations over time, you may not get the growth that you anticipated and the premiums could even be potentially increased in future years. What I'm really saying with that is that if it fails, if markets aren't strong enough that even linked to that you don't make enough interest credits to grow the cash value of your money, then meanwhile, back at the ranch, the cost of continuing to pay and support the death benefit part of the life insurance policy might equal or overwhelm the increases and cause a decrease in the underlying cash value, okay? That's not due to any other risk other than insurance costs more than what you're making. And that can start to limit the death benefit and can limit the effectiveness of this as a, as a tax-free source of cash flow in retirement. So just something to consider. Fees and cost, another con. Fees are typically front-loaded, built into uh, the complex crediting rate approach, uh, which may be confusing to some. I like to simplify it. Okay, why didn't you get 20 if the market's up 20 and you only got 10? Because having zero risk costs something, right? So forget all the complexity, I just made it simple. Of course, it's gonna cost something to limit your downside to zero while giving you a good positive effect of participation in the upside over long periods of time. Anyway, certain fees can include premium expense charge, administrative expenses, insurance costs, surrender charge. But you know what, folks? Those are all fully disclosed up front and they're baked into the illustrations and they are fully illustrated. So you go in with eyes wide open. These aren't sucker punches or real pitfalls or trap doors like on Dr. Evo, you know, nothing like that. So just like any financial product, there are fees tied to products such as these too. So now that we understand the basics of a Roth conversion and now IUL strategy, We want to explain why now in particular may be a great time to consider one of these opportunities. And if now does not seem like the right time for you and your particular circumstances, there may be a better time in the future. Well, we need to be here for you either way. And the sooner we start to assess this, the sooner we'll both know when is the right time. We know that, um, you know, it's always the right time to do the right thing and it's, it's never wrong. So now's a good time to at least fully assess this. The points that we're about to make to you next can help you determine
0: if and when it's the right time for you. All right. So current tax rates are likely to go up. Now, if you think about what we consider or what's termed the Trump tax cuts, approximately 75 to 80% of the American public did actually benefit or receive tax cuts via the Trump tax cuts or whatever you want to call the Trump tax cuts. Nevertheless, here's kind of the point. Tax brackets that were, say for example, 15% became the 12% rate. What was 25% became the 22% rate and so on. That's the reason why most people benefited. The ones who did not really benefit from it are from the blue states like California and New York that have really high, not only property tax rates, but also state income tax rates. So these are the, the types of people that didn't really benefit from the Trump tax cuts. Now, Here's the assumption, and it's not much of an assumption of why the future looks like it's going to be higher rates, perhaps even significantly higher rates. It kind of goes like this. There's trillions with the T, trillions of dollars being spent on various programs, bailouts, stimulus payments. Our current debt deficit servicing that debt has just gotten a little bit more expensive with the raising interest rates. These all suggest that taxes will need to go up into the future to help pay for these different types of programs. That's why we do expect at least somewhat of a tax increase for the future. Greg, what's next? Well, how about defense
1: against the SECURE Act? One of the many changes that took place in the SECURE Act was accelerating income tax on non-spousal inherited IRAs, subject to a few exceptions, of course. But now it's, it's been made a 10-year payout after the owner's death. So if you're a non-spouse beneficiary of an IRA that you inherit from a loved one, you now have T minus 10 years and counting to completely empty that IRA and present it before the altar of Uncle Sam for taxation. So we will help illustrate the best way to take that in relationship to your current tax picture, your current income picture, your current cash flow needs and overall planning picture. Um, and we'll look at ways to offset your taxes while you enjoy taking in this new form of income. So what are your options? Well, you could take it all at once, right? Well, that just add all of what you inherited onto your income for that year and be taxed as income. So it's, it's gonna be wise, uh, to say the least, to spread it out over time. But in the end, you only have 10 years to do it. So you could do it a little bit each year, uh, all the first year, any combination of the years, all at the end of 10 years, yes, all the above. But what's best for you? Now, let's say a person inherits a million dollars of a traditional IRA. The original account owner, say, died in 2020 or after and fell under this edict. Um, The beneficiaries now have to withdraw that money, to be redundant but clear, within a 10-year period. In other words, you have to withdraw out an average of $100,000 a year from that account. Now... um, (laughs) you're likely to bump into a higher tax bracket, right? Just consider the brackets for a moment. Take your current taxable income, throw in an extra 100 grand and see where you land. Good news is years one through nine, there's no required minimum distribution. Bad news, by the end of year 10, the entire account must be liquidated. So by doing a Roth conversion or using an IUL strategy, you can perhaps avoid
0: this scenario for your loved ones as beneficiaries someday. And if not completely avoid, maybe at least mitigate what the damage would otherwise be. Now, that also leads to reasons not to do a conversion, at least right now, is you may bump into the, not only the higher taxes, but you will absolutely pay upfront taxes on those conversions. That means from the Roth conversion, IUL strategy, if your upfront taxes are too expensive or unaffordable, that's the main reason why not to do the Roth conversion. Derek, yeah. let's wrap this up. Yeah, you might end up with too little money to actually live on too. But that's why we need to get together call us today. We can help. James? Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. Now, on behalf of Greg and myself, James, we want to thank you for listening today. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.